Once we get to heaven, we're all gonna be doing it properly. Even though someone might have more reward or position or authority in eternity, we're not gonna be envious. We're not gonna be jealous. We're gonna be thrilled for them. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, as well as the author of Why Life Hurts and co-author of Evangelism Made Simple. Hi, I hope your week's going great. This is Jim Scudder. And today on this brand new week of In Grace, we are continuing in our series called Answers. It's basically a series of me opening up the Bible and answering Bible questions from people like you, people that submitted Bible questions and really good questions, you know, kind of random. I tried to categorize them a little bit based on uh, when I was answering in the series to kind of keep them all in some sort of a context. But today, these are really good questions, the two we're going to cover today. One asks, in Mark 9, it says that you will not lose your reward for giving a cup of cold water. But in Revelation 3, it says, let no man take your crown. So the question is, can you explain how someone can take away a crown that you have earned? So I go into that and I look at that. Is there is is there a way that your reward for serving Christ can be taken away? And hopefully I'll give you a really good biblical answer on that, but really good question. I really like that. Another person says, how do we re- apply Colossians 3.3 and Romans 6.11 in our lives? Colossians 3.3, for you are dead and your life is hid with Christ and in God. And Romans 6.11, likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And that's a really good question. It's actually the secret to the Christian life. And we'll explain that. How do we do that? And, and how do we apply that in our lives? So, Two really good questions that we're going to answer today. Uh, The rest of this week, we're going to answer the rest of next week, and I believe it'll be a real blessing to you. Right before we go into today's message, let me remind you that In Grace has some really wonderful uh, video series that you can use for your own life. They're entertaining, they're educational, uh, they're adventurous, and we're featuring what we call Discover Hidden Israel. It's a series of videos, either DVD or digital download, that will help you see some really cool places in Israel and hear some really neat stories about the Bible and about archaeology. And so I'm going to be featuring Discover Hidden Israel 2, which is our second one of the series, uh, this week on our Friday and weekend edition of In Grace. We're talking about the ancient secrets of the Jewish temple. And so you'll really want to hear that, but you also want to see that and three other episodes. And that's for a gift of any amount to In Grace. We're going to thank you by sending you Discover Hidden Israel 2. We've got other Discover Hidden Israel series that we'll talk about at the end and how you can get all of them. But uh, we're thrilled that God has given us really neat opportunities to go to Israel and to take you to places that very few people know about. So to get that, you can call us at 1-800-78-GRACE or go to our website, ingraceradio.com. For a gift of any amount, let me thank you by sending you Discover Hidden Israel 2. We have questions, right? And the world has questions. And we have, fortunately, the Bible, and the Bible has the answers. That's what we do day in and day out here at Quentin Road. We're really old-fashioned. We believe the Bible has all of the answers. And I don't apologize for that. Uh, We're unique and we're different. There are many churches that say the Bible 
has some helpful information, but it can't be trusted. It's not reliable. Well, one of the questions that we're going to answer today deals with the reliability of Scripture. How do we know for sure what we have today is what was originally given? And then uh, how was the Bible given to us and delivered to us? That's a question we're going to get to. But we're going to start today talking about rewards. Rewards are an important principle in Scripture. We're told that the Lord is going to reward faithfulness. Some people think, well, if I have a certain number of things in my life, I'll be rewarded for that. I don't think God's looking at fruitfulness. Of course, we should want fruitfulness. We should want to see that we're, we're doing something positive for God in our lives. But God isn't looking for fruitfulness. Let him take care of that. What he's looking for is faithfulness. Fruitfulness will follow faithfulness, but faithfulness is the key, and that's what he's rewarding. If he's rewarding fruitfulness, then someone that stands in a coliseum and gives the gospel to thousands is going to have a lot more rewards than the, the person that is uh, cleaning a church bathroom. But that's not how God rewards. God rewards faithfulness. So I think that person that is doing whatever they're doing for Christ is going to be rewarded equally with everybody else. And that's really cool. That means that we can get involved as servants of Jesus, and there will be rewards as a result of that. Now, some people say, well, I don't, I don't care about rewards. I just want to serve the Lord because it is right. He is, he is amazing. Uh, I, I love him, and I want to serve him. And you know what? That's actually the way to do it. But don't say that you don't want rewards because your Savior wants to give you rewards for faithfulness, okay? So this is a really neat motivation that God knows will motivate us. We have youth ministry and we have awards that our children can earn through the Awana program, and it's really neat to see children motivated. But we also have an addictions ministry on Friday nights called Simple Steps Recovery. And uh, that addictions ministry also has accomplishments and Awards and rewards is part of that program because it motivates adults as well. So let's talk about this. Here's the question. Uh, the, the person asks, in Mark 9.41, it states that one will not lose his reward for giving a cup of cold water. But in Revelation 3.11, it says, let no man take your crown. Please explain how someone can take away the crown that you have earned. And it's a good question because one passage seems to say that you, you have it, no one can take it, and then the other passage seems to say that someone can take a crown that you've earned. So what does this mean? Well, let's look at the two passages in Mark 9, 41. It says, For whosoever shall give you a cup of cold water to drink in my name, because you belong to Christ, verily I say unto you, he shall not lose his reward. This is a clear statement that Jesus gave, what's the context? And anytime you have a Bible question, I love your Bible questions, I love them. I want to hear whatever your Bible questions are, I think they're awesome. But before you ask your Bible question, read the context. Almost always the context will give you the answer. What's the context? That means read at least three or four verses ahead and three or four verses afterwards, okay? It'd be better to read the, the chapter, read, you know, the section, and make sure you understand the context. So what's the context of 9-4? Jesus is answering a question from John, the disciple. 
they were out, and while they were out, they saw somebody else that was casting out a demon in the name of Jesus. And they rebuked that person. And they came in and was talking to Jesus. Now, right before that, there was an argument. Who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom? Right? And just, just wipe that from your mind, okay? Don't worry about greatness, okay? Uh, if God awards you a, a certain position in heaven, that's wonderful. But we're going to get into that a little bit as well. But then... John, I think, deflects a little bit and changes the subject and says, you know, we saw this guy casting out demons in your name, and we rebuked him. And Jesus answered and said, for whosoever shall give you a cup of cold water to drink in my name, so this is someone that is doing uh, the right thing, right? If someone is thirsty, you give that person water. I had the privilege of spending a little bit of time with a longtime member before he died, and I could tell he was very thirsty. And I said, do you want water? Oh, yes, he wanted water. And so I poured him a, a glass of water, and I brought it over, and, and he was shaky, and he couldn't drink it without spilling, so I helped steady it, and he drank that water. And there's something special. I don't care about rewards with that. There's just something special about giving such a simple act of love and kindness to someone and you just see the appreciation for that because that, that little, that teeny little thing means so much to God. That we're going to be out there and we're going to be willing to help people and, and meet their most basic needs. And so whoever will give a cup of cold water in my name, in the name of Jesus, uh, there's going to be a reward. And you will not lose that reward. So I think in this passage, we are... Given the idea that once you have a reward, so you've earned that reward, you've done whatever that is in the name of Christ, you've been faithful to being God's hands, feet, and mouth on this earth while Jesus is gone, he's coming back, but while he's gone, I'm gonna do those things, you have that reward, and you cannot lose that reward, okay? That's how I feel uh, this teaches us. But then what, it, what, then what does it mean in Revelation 3.11? Now, the context of Revelation 3 if you know your Bible, Revelation, the first three chapters are talking about Jesus Christ and he's talking to the churches. There's seven churches that are talked about in Revelation 2 and 3 and they were real churches in Asia Minor, which we know as Turkey of today. And he was speaking here in 311 to the church of Philadelphia, the church of brotherly love. And many churches received Jesus' condemnation, but Philadelphia did not. But this was Jesus speaking to the church of Philadelphia, and I believe that church represents a time in church history, the last church age. This is my own personal opinion, uh, and that's the church of great missionary activity. And he is telling the church at, at Philadelphia, behold, I come quickly. We believe in the soon return of Jesus Christ. Our church believes that. It can happen at any moment. Jesus said, I come quickly. Hold fast that which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean that if you're not faithful, that, that somebody's going to take away your crown? I don't look at it that way. I look at it, it simply this way. Once a reward is gained, it's gained. It cannot be lost. But if you quit, 
if the church of Philadelphia did not continue their great missionary zeal and activity, they could lose out on rewards. So no, you can't lose a reward, but you can lose out on rewards. How? Well, you don't continue to do what you are doing now. And if you're, if you're not going to go out and reach the world with the great news of the gospel, then you're not going to have that potential reward you could have had. You're losing out on rewards. Do you want to explore the rich history and fascinating mysteries of the Holy Land? From the breathtaking landscapes to the hidden gems buried beneath the surface, Discover Hidden Israel 2 will transport you to places few have ever seen. With a gift of any amount to Ingrace, Jim Scudder will send you Discover Hidden Israel 2 as his heartfelt thank you. For a gift of $35 or more, you'll also receive two additional video series, Discover Hidden Israel 1 and 3. Call 800-78-GRACE or go to ingraceradio.com. If you want to take your exploration to the next level, with a gift of $100 or more, you'll receive Ingrace's entire Israel bundle, featuring a collection of eight captivating video series filmed in Israel. To get your hands on these incredible offers, call 800-78-GRACE, go to ingraceradio.com, or write to Ingrace at P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. That's 800-78-GRACE, or ingraceradio.com. The next question is this, how should we apply Colossians 3.3 and Romans 6.11 in our lives? Well, first we need to look up those two verses in Colossians 3.3. It says, for ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. And then in Romans 6.11, it says, likewise reckon, sounds like old southern slang, ye yourselves also to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So how do we understand that? There's three ways to understand ourselves positionally in regards to sin after we have gotten saved. So after we have, by faith, put our trust in Jesus Christ, we're born into God's family, that cannot change. There's three ways to look at that in your life. First of all, at the very moment of salvation, you are no longer under the penalty of sin. Okay? At the very moment of salvation, you are no longer under the penalty of sin. If you die, you are going to heaven because you now have the righteousness of Jesus Christ on your life, okay? That's incredible. But you probably realize that as you go through life, even after you've received Jesus Christ by faith, that you are still finding yourselves sinning. Paul found that. And the answer isn't that you lose what you have that is called eternal life because you can't. You're in the hand of God and no man can pluck you out of his hand, not even yourself. So we're finding that we still sin, but number two is you are no longer under the power of sin. But there's a glorious promise in Scripture, and that's the third way that we can look at sin in the life of a believer, is one day we will be free from the very presence of sin. And we long for that day. We can't wait for that day. But we still know until we have the eradication of the old nature, which is not until glory, we have that old nature. So it's whom will you feed? If you feed the good nature, there's only good. You are alive in Christ. If you feed the old nature, the old nature is only bad. So who will you feed? Now, in order to understand this, we'll focus in on Romans 6.11. If you have been saved, you are dead to sin. You are, your life is hid with Christ 
Uh, you're, you're dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God. And that's a true statement. Romans 6.11 says you need to likewise reckon. What does that word reckon mean? It literally means to take inventory. So those of you that have worked in retail, you have product. And every now and then you're going to go take inventory. We do this at the end of the year, at the beginning of the year. We take inventory of our life. We assess where we're at, what we have. We want to come to a truth of what we possess right now. So the Bible says, reckon or take inventory of a truth. What is the truth? That you yourselves are dead. So in, in position, you are saved right now from the penalty of sin. You are saved right now from the power of sin. No longer do you have to be under that power and you are saved right now to be eventually freed from the very presence of sin. So how do we do that? The context will help us. So if we look at Romans 6.11, let's look at the beginning of the passage. Romans 6.1 says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Some people think that's why eternal security cannot be a true doctrine because if you tell people that you're saved and that, 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 but that means that now I can just do whatever I want and live any way I want to and get away with it, there's nothing further from the truth. A Christian can't just do whatever they want. Just like my kids, when they were in, our, in my home, they could not just do anything they wanted to do. I'm not going to allow it. And that's because God loves you as his child. He's not going to just let you be rebellious and let you do whatever you want to do. He, he loves you so much, he's going to chasten you. He's going to discipline you. Okay? But he's not going to throw you out. He cannot. I preached a message on eternal security once, and we talked about baby Jessica in the 80s, a little, I think, one- or two-year-old girl, uh, went down into a well. It was just awful to think about what she endured, but they saved her. And it was miraculous, and it took so many rescue workers and so much time, but they got her out of that well. What would we think of that rescuer that would put her back in that well? It's, it's not going to happen. If Jesus went through all of this to rescue us, he's going to keep us rescued, okay? So, but does that mean that, oh, I'm just going to go out and live any way I want to? Can I continue? Should we continue in sin that grace may abound? Because we know that grace abounds when there's sin. Would you allow me to read this as Paul would have probably preached this? Verse 2. God forbid! How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Right? I mean, that's the worst attitude. That's the worst thing that you can come up with. If, uh, if grace abounds because of sin, then I'm going to sin more that grace can abound. God forbid. No, that's not how we should live. Now, as we go through this, this passage, look at all of the times it says, shall we or should, okay? How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? It's possible, but we shouldn't. It's wrong. We should be growing. We should be learning. We should be every day yielding to Christ. Know ye not that so many of us, as we're baptized into Jesus Christ, we're baptized into his death? What does that mean? That means when you're saved, the Spirit of God has taken you and baptized you into the body of Jesus Christ. 
That's the picture of water baptism. When we have a water baptism service, you're showing a picture of what's happened spiritually to yourself. You put your trust in Jesus Christ, you're baptized into his body, you identify in his death and his resurrection. We're baptized into his death, therefore, verse four, we are buried with him by baptism into death. That likewise, as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. Let's just stop there and and let me ask you another question. Somebody asked me this week, why did Jesus stay in the tomb for three days and three nights? And I knew it was to fulfill prophecy because Jesus had just said, just like Jonah was in the belly of the, the whale, the belly of the fish, so will the Son of Man be in the belly of the earth? But was there something more to that? So I started to look it up and I did find that there's a Jewish tradition that says that the soul hangs around for three days. And after three days, there's no more chance of possibility of of, that the body was not dead in the first place. And and is that why? I don't really know. I, I don't put a lot of stock in tradition because it's not scripture. But it's interesting that in three days, everybody knew for sure he was dead. Right? And then in three days, he rose again. And just as he has risen, so have we if we put our trust in him. We don't have to act like we used to act. We don't, we're not bound by sin anymore. We're raised up with Christ from the dead by the glory of the Father. Even so also should walk, should, should, should walk in newness of life. So here's, here's what you're going to do. You're going to every morning say, Lord, I am dead, I'm buried, and I'm raised with Christ. And now you're going to live through Christ today. You're going to allow the Spirit of God who indwells you to change you and to make those right decisions and to treat your spouse as God wants you to and and love your children and and love them so much you're going to discipline them sometimes and you're going to be kind to your neighbors and, and some of your relatives that you can't stand. And you're going to share the gospel to them. And you're going to have a heart for souls. And it's going to totally transform your life. If every day you reckon, you account, you take inventory that you are dead to sin. Verse 5, if we have been planted together in likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified, that's the old nature, with him that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Isn't that wonderful? So let's remember that. Acknowledge the truth of a believer's new nature, being dead to sin every day, and that will allow you to walk in the Lord's resurrection and life. And if you have questions about eternal life, please contact us, 1-800-78-GRACE, or go to ingraceradio.com. And tomorrow, we're going to continue to answer your Bible questions. The one is, how did God preserve his word? That's a really, really good question. And we're going to talk about that and a lot of other good questions tomorrow on Ingrace. 
At the beginning, I told you how you can get the exciting video adventure series, Discover Hidden Israel 2. When you give a gift of any amount, we're going to send you this exciting four-part series. One of the episodes is about the ancient secrets of the Jewish temple. Another one is about Melchizedek's altar that they found in the city of David in Jerusalem. We also went to explore ancient Michmash, finding courage. And the fourth one is Shechem, Joseph's tomb and Jacob's well. To get the entire four-part video series, all you have to do is make a gift of any amount to Ingrace. And I'm going to thank you by sending you this video, either by DVD or digital download. And it's called Discover Hidden Israel 2. For a gift of $35 or more, we'll send you the entire Discover Hidden Israel series, all three of the videos. We'd love to send that to you. And then if your gift is $100 or more, we're going to send you the Israel Bundle, eight incredible videos, all filmed in Israel, about Israel. And we'd love to hear from you today. With a gift of any amount to In Grace, Jim Scudder will send you Discover Hidden Israel 2 as his heartfelt thank you. For a gift of $35 or more, you'll also receive two additional video series. And with a gift of $100 or more, you'll receive In Grace's entire Israel bundle, including eight video series filmed in Israel. Call 800-78-GRACE, go to ingraceradio.com, or write to In Grace at P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois. 60047. Thank you for joining us on In Grace Radio with Jim Scudder Jr. In Grace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio. Radio.